Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. The Bottom Line, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Austin Sports Talk Leader, a.m. 1300 The Zone. Let's go! It's the dawn of a new day in the greatest city in America, greatest college town in America. Austin, Texas, baby. Love our college students. Of course, they never leave. Why would they? 150 people moving here every day. Salty Sweeney, ladies and gentlemen. Look at her. She's all fired up. Hard just fired up. We're uh, giving you the nunchucks of truth on a Tuesday. Right, Hard? Always, bro. What you looking at over there? You got something hot? Yeah, man, always. You got something hot? Yup. All right, man. I'm not sharing it Hugh with you. Hugh Jackson? Now. I'm not sharing it with you right now. You trying to find him a new job? I already did. Where, where's he going? USC, man. The Trojans? Yeah, he could be the offensive coordinator. They need to get T. Martin. Get a new new life over there. Get some points You're on. Trying the board. to fire T. Martin? I'm not trying to fire. Him. Trying Maybe to fire they could work brother, together. Man? They could work together. Jeez, it's about coming together and making USC great again for all the people out there, right? Ain't that what they say? Can a brother look out for each other, man? <laughs> yeah, they go cohabitat. Remember this? Remember this from uh, Hugh Jackson during uh, Hard Knocks? We need to get so much done, you know, and. And I know I said that to you and we joke about it, but if we live in our fears, I mean, our team has to get mentally tougher and be able to fight through the that we got to fight through. We got to change this drastically. And if we got guys that haven't done sitting around doing nothing, you know, it, I just don't know how we're going to do it. Well, I respect you saying that. I mean, I used to sit in the same I mean, chair. Joe, let me I'm finish. Whoa, whoa, let me finish. I used to sit in the same chair as you guys said it. And I used to feel the same way. I just want to kill them. Okay. Until all of a sudden, I sat in this chair, and then they're not there. And you don't get them to practice. And you can't get them through, and then you don't have them for three weeks. And I'm not living in my fears. That's real. And I think we all can appreciate that. Anything else? Speak now, baby. Oh, your teeth. Get it out. He gone. Get it out. Both of them gone. Those two that was having that conversation now are packing their bags together. Didn't you know that that was going to be a volatile situation? Todd Haley is not an easy person to work with at all. He demands a lot out of you. The problem is this. Hugh kept trying to tell everybody he was the man. Until I sat in this chair. Right. I used to feel the same way until I sat in this chair. This chair's so (laughs) comfortable. It's like, oh, it's like a massage chair. When your 10-year-old son comes to you and say, Dad, he's 3 and 36. How does he still have a job anyway? I was like, son, you see that over there? That's the Cleveland Browns. You don't ever want to go over there. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't want to do that. You don't want to be there. So let me ask you this, Chip. Now that the, the firing has happened, that now they're, they, they gave some lame answers and all that other stuff. There's too much infighting, obviously. What does this do for Baker Mayfield? Uh, 
his ribs are about to be toothpicks. Do you take him out? Do you put Tyrod back in there so he doesn't have to go through this? Maybe. Right? I think you will one way or the other. He might get knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> one way or the other, Tyrod's going to be finishing the season at quarterback. You can choose to do it or you can be forced to do it. I think you need to go ahead and let Tyrod go ahead and ride, baby. We uh, They need to get Tyrod back in Buffalo. <laughs> How about Buffalo? Derek Anderson. 400-year-old Derek Anderson. Wasn't he selling insurance and now he's... <laughs> That's Tommy Maddox. Oh. Uh, phone number, if you're one of the 150 people who just moved to Austin yesterday, welcome. Welcome to the show. Bottom line. Harbaugh Hart, Chip Brown, Salty Sweeney. Um, phone number is 390-LIVE, 390-5483. Follow us on Twitter at AM1300TheZone, at Harbaugh Harge, at Chip Brown 247 at Shannon B. Sweeney. Let's go to the phones. Michael, what's happening? How you doing, guys? Good, man. What's How are you? Didn't I read somewhere that the last six, Cleveland Brown coaches to get fired. It was after their second loss at Pittsburgh. I mean, Cleveland is the biggest dumpster fire in sports. You saw that the Cavs already fired Tyron Lou, did him a favor. But what any good coach in his right mind would ever want to go to Cleveland? Bill Belichick didn't even work there. They're just the biggest dumpster fire in sports. And I don't know what any well-respected coach would ever want to go there. Sam Darnold is just smiling big right now that they didn't take him. And I'll hang up and listen. Great show, guys. And I hate to to say that because I just don't believe that certain places are cursed or whatever. I'm not like Harge. I'm not a superstitious baseball guy. But uh, I'll tell you what, you got you to have leadership. And the leadership from the top down has been horrible. Ownership. Everything. I think Dorsey's going to be good, though. I think Dorsey's yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, I yeah. Think he's it's going to take a minute. Yeah, he'll get the right guy in there. Hugh Jackson was not his guy. Yeah, he didn't hire Hugh. He came in and inherited Hugh. But one of the things too, at this this point in the season, though, what is what is, what does firing Hugh do for you right now? It you gets you first in line for whoever you think is the hot coach. If you think it's Lincoln Riley, and Lincoln Riley said yesterday. Not right now. Then it gets you first in line. Yeah, that's what it does. But it's I, always what it does. It does nothing for your players. It does nothing for your team. And you're actually not out of everything yet. You're two and four, and one. And your team played hard for you. They continued to play to the very end. How many, how many uh, games did they go to overtime in already? Like three or four. Right. I mean, they're they're competing. So tells you how bad things had gotten between Hugh Jackson and it had to have been because remember they had a conversation about it a week before that about how they got into it about who was in charge. Well, I mean, I'm taking over the play calling. There's I mean, we're obviously not on the same page. The one thing that I do believe may be true. Well, in my eyes, I believe is true. I think that Todd Haley was trying to call the offense thinking he had Ben Roethlisberger in there and not using Baker to his best advantage of getting him outside of the pocket and letting him roll and throw. that Those are the types of things. Big Ben can stand in there all day. Baker cannot. Yeah, Todd Haley didn't know how good he had it 
in Pittsburgh. Right. But inevitably, he feels like he's the head coach, and he wears out his welcome, and he gone. Yeah. Dwayne. What's up, Dwayne? Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Texas is going to beat West Virginia. They're not built to beat Texas. They they don't have a mobile quarterback. That Greer is not mobile. And that coach, Hogerson, he gives up on the run because he floats back to the old uh, – the old uh, air raid, air raid offense. But he didn't run the football. He he hadn't evolved like Leach and Lincoln Riley and those guys to play. You know to uh, to run the ball. So what I'm figuring is Texas with their aggressive blitzing and attacking defense is going to rough that Greer up again, and, and they're not going to run the ball on Texas. They they basically going to get beat the same way they beat USC. It, it, it's it's a pro style air raid. They don't run zone read that much. They, they're going to get beat and because they're not going to be a threat to that Texas and Orlando defense. All right. Texas is going to beat them. There's, so the o- there's the OG right there, Dwayne. Um, man, I want to see want to see this team bounce back. I want to see this Texas team bounce back. Anytime you have a player suspension situation that causes you to lose a game, I think Dan Neal's writing about this at Horns 24-7. Dot com this week. Anytime you have a player suspension situation that causes you to lose a game, your locker room is in. It could be a little hot. Yeah. You could have guys looking at each other going, You cost us that game, dude. And how is that being managed this week? Does it bring this group together? Does it split them up? Let's see. Let's see how this plays out. There could be some internal stuff that needs to get worked out. Didn't somebody call us and say the other day that, excuse me, that Sam, with his leadership skills, needs to go in there and take control of that locker room? And he probably is. Yeah. He probably is. But I just want to see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know? You got to bring it to the field. Want to see it. And see everybody, you know, you can make a judgment when they walk out there how everybody's energy is going to be. The thing that we've talked about is are they going to be able – does the energy change when you stop somebody for the first drive of the season – I mean, of the game? Can we do that and see how everything goes? I mean, are you asking too much? I I don't think I am. Are you being needy? I'm very needy in this situation. (laughs) Absolutely. Why, why are you so tired of giving up first drive points, man? I mean, because they always seem to be the difference in the game. <laughs> so it's either, it's either. It, I guess that's significant, huh? <laughs> it may play a part in the outcome of the game. Those first drive points end up being uh, pretty, pretty meaningful. <laughs> pretty meaningful. Let's go to the phones. Anthony, what's going on? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing this morning? Good. Man, I can't say that I am not excited that the coaches from Cleveland got fired because it took my mind off of the Longhorns. But back to the Longhorns real quick. Oh, yeah. Man, I feel like that we kind of got exposed on defense. I feel like that we're lacking some speed at linebacker. And our scheme for the first half wasn't very good, even though we adjusted. But I just don't know where we go from here. And I don't know about West Virginia, even though they don't have a mobile quarterback. I think our secondary uh, was kind of like sorely lacking in the last game, and I'm just really concerned, and I need some therapy hard, Bob. Can you help me out this morning? And I'll hang up and listen. You guys have a great day. 
All right, Hardball, we'll be back to give you therapy, Anthony, in just a second, right here on Unknown Chucks of Truth Tuesday on the bottom line, brought to you by Cover 3. Oh, no, Chuck's the truth. Tuesday, my man Harge is in a strange mood today, but that's good. I like that. I like it when he's in a strange mood. What's the, what's the, what makes my mood so strange? Just you know. it's kind of ghoulish. <laughs> well, here's so we, here's here's a funny little uh, behind the scenes. We got a couple of funny little behind the scenes things going on today. Uh, first of all, my son was diagnosed with mono, and now everybody thinks I have mono. Told him to stay away from me. Get Did you out wash? Of here. These right. are microphones we work with. Tell, tell, tell. Okay, hey, listen. Wait, can you break you it down? Need to take a knee. Hold on. <laughs> okay. So this is what I've been dealing hey, with. Hey, break it down, man. I got break everybody it. in the world coming at me right break now. Break it down, though. Since since you went to the hey, doctor's they call this, office, they call this the kissing disease. Okay. Ooh. It can only be passed through saliva. Mm. Okay. Wasn't there a homecoming so, this past weekend? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> And uh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Ew, seriously, I'm not, so I'm not responsible for anything. Um, so everybody's like, uh, just stay away, stay over there. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not kissing my own son, okay? Break it down, dog. Break it so down. I'm free and clear. Chip went to How the, you know he went to WebMD yesterday. Not I'm not sharing LaCroix, he doesn't drink that stuff. He, All right, no one drinks, no one drinks that. that. Okay, you kidding me? That's why he got a Only twelve pack. I drink it. I can leave it in here and no one steals it. All right, that's when you know no one drinks it. When you leave it in the radio station fridge and no one steals it. All right, secondly, true statement. My man Harge went to the Cover Three uh, Partnerships for Children event last Wednesday, and he bit on all kinds of headphones. These aren't the ones, though. And then he won some <laughs> the next day. And he's like, man, you kidding me? Why couldn't they tell us, man? Why couldn't they tell me I was about to get some of these headphones? <laughs> but I like his other headphones better. Why? Because they look sleeker. Sleeker? These are these are pretty sleek. Those no, look like you're about to fall asleep on an airplane. I might. I might. <laughs> I might. Those make you look like a conehead. I, I guess I haven't seen them. I guess I got to look into So them. I don't know. I have yeah, my other ones with selfie. me, man. I'm at, yeah, I got to get my selfie in, dude. Yeah, get your selfie in, let me man. See. I'll let the people. <laughs> Am I right? Oh, I'm going back to my other. Yeah, you got to go back to the other ones. I'm going back to my other headphones. Look, can we say who make those? <laughs> I, I don't see why we couldn't. Okay, Nick Cannon. Right. Right, this is Mariah Carey's ex-boyfriend. Husband. Husband? Yeah. Is he still married to her? No, they were ex-husbands. Okay, so ex-husband. he's parlayed that marriage into Million, America's billions. Got Talent yeah. and Wildin' Out. And, and now headphones. Drumline. Sean's drumline. Drumline. Drum yeah, man. He's trying to be he's trying to be Dre. Yeah, he's these okay. are these are neats by Dre. <laughs> but Dre's headphones are awesome. <laughs> like I have a pair of those and they are Me too. They're sweet. Yeah. These look like. Hold on, man. I'm gonna bring the other ones in because remember I got like 12 pairs oh, yeah. now. I'm like, but are you this, with me? I'm with you, man. I looked at the picture. I was about to post it, but now I'm like, nah. And I, I don't mean to like drag your business out there. You, you know did. What I mean? You did. You did though. But I'm just trying. See, now he's trying to adjust. Try- <laughs> he's trying to adjust the the top. You know, <laughs> so I don't look like and the cone head. My, my headphones can be terrible. They probably are terrible. Well, you got a hat on, so it kind of throws it on. on. You didn't have your hat happening. off. 
you know, if it's different, then it's it's cool. But yeah. I mean, we're, okay, we're a mess. I don't know. Chips looked like Tuesday. you went to like five below or something. <laughs> Mine do. Do you have these in blue? Mine do. Do you have these in blue? Yeah. Okay, thanks Let's a lot. So, she minute. would never say anything bad about Harsh. Hold on, Notice man. that. Oh, she oh, said I it. was giving him crap when he was bidding on them. Yeah. She was like, why are you getting those? About those headphones? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, man. Uh, and Dwayne has called back. I'm going to take a picture. The OG. <laughs> yep. And then we'll get to Texas. Dwayne, what's going on? Hey, uh, no, I just remembered when I was a kid, I remember Greg and Mike Pruitt, Brian Seitz, Sam oh, yeah. Tigliano, yeah. and then, then, then Kosar, and all the way back, you know, to Jim Brown. Pruitt yeah, fumbled you know, it away, you know, the drive. They always were good in Cleveland, but I forgot, these are the imitation Cleveland Browns. The real Cleveland Browns in Baltimore with Ozzie Newsom, who used to run stuff there, because remember, they moved from Cleveland right. to the Ravens. To Baltimore. They won two Super Bowls. So Cleveland is still good. See? The Cleveland Browns legacy is still great. But, but that imitation Cleveland Brown team is horrible that's there in Cleveland. The real <laughs> Cleveland Brown legacy is the Baltimore Ravens. Art Modell. Yeah. All right, Dwayne. Good call. There you go. All right. Harch, there you are. I'm, There's my man. I'm back. There's my man right there. <laughs> you sound so clear. Oh, Sorry. I'm not trying to dog on those Nick Cannon headphones, but they look terrible. On me. Not I'm, on the people that, anybody else that has them. Oh, okay. Yeah, just me. My bad. Yeah. All right, Harge, so Tom, we got to give some therapy, psychotherapy to, to Anthony. Yeah. He called you. He wants you to give him some psychotherapy with regard to the team. He's worried that the defense has been exposed, that Todd Orlando's luster is coming off. Your thoughts? I don't know if the luster is coming off, but I went back and watched that game yesterday. They were absolutely terrible. Terrible. On the defensive side of the ball. 260 yards in one quarter. In one quarter. And and not just the cornerbacks, not the linemen. I mean, just as a whole. They looked looked tired. And they looked unprepared. Like they had never seen – Anyone run routes, dig routes, or or fly routes, nine routes. It, it was unbelievable the way that this team performed. Mistiming jumps, taking bad angles. They were getting pinched in. They need to get away from that. They need to get away from pushing the linemen in. Because I watched it very deep and detailed yesterday, and I couldn't understand why he has decided to go with that approach. I don't understand. They need to get those defensive ends up the field and make people funnel. They're not funneling anymore. And those are the things that I'm seeing. They're getting like, the corner. Right. Easily. It's not even a fight anymore to get to the corner. Well, they can double Brecken. They can double Amenahu. Whatever side they're going to, they were sealing. Yes. And getting the corner. Every time. And it was just like, man. And there was a couple there plays. There are times where I think Todd Orlando needs to go to a four-man line just to give them a different look. I get that it takes away your ability to hide the the fourth. Pressure. Quit hiding, man, because they're exposing everything else. Right, so you don't have to hide no more. Flatten it out, yes, and take away the run, yes, and then go back to doing whatever you want to do. This may be the week that they still do that because West Virginia's passing game is so deadly, and that's what it is. And you know, for for what Dwayne was saying about their running game, I, I don't know, I don't know. They might be able to run the ball this week. 
I want to know which University of Texas defense is going to show up this week. That to How me, that? that is that is the biggest thing. We've been talking about it all year, but if you go and look, they give they give up a lot of yards and a lot of points. That's who Texas is yeah. defense. That's like if you go back and you look and you look at where last year, you think year, West Virginia might be able to run the ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because of the way that everybody's been playing. It's it's frustrating to watch because that's the one thing that we were for sure of was that Texas defense. We were like, coming well, in, we are like, oh, yeah, look at these players. They got opportunity. Everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing. We got these freshmen in the back that are holding things down. This is a good mix. We're going to be all right. Well, now o- you're like, Oklahoma State had not shown a lot of two-back, and they showed a lot of two-back against Texas, and they were running against a five-man box. Right. All right, it is a uh, Numb Trucks of Truth Tuesday on the bottom line brought to you by Cover 3. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Old school. Uh, we talked Texas at 6.15 and 7.15. We kind of talked headphones. <laughs> Have you posted that selfie? I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. You want to see Harge as a water polo player? <laughs> You're about to see Harge as a water polo player. You need a side-by-side. I did. I okay. got it. I got both. He, he went side-by-side. I did. I went side-by-side. All right, I I didn't mean to start a furor over his headphones, <laughs> his Nick Cannon headphones, but I kind of uh, did. I think you did. It's okay. It's funny. Harge is back to his old school Sony's. Yeah, man, I'm and back in the uh, game. It's a better look, I think. Yeah, you don't look like a water polo player anymore. <laughs> um, Keep the receipt. Okay. Did hey, you tweet that? I did. I tweeted it and Instagrammed it, so it's coming through. All right, so Shannon is yeah. going to retweet it. Yep. All right, let's, uh, let's, yeah, Harge the water polo play. <laughs> All right, um, let's go to the phones, 390-LIVE. Chris, what's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, yeah, um, I haven't watched uh, the full game yet. Uh, you know, I went, that night I when I got out of the movies, I saw the score, and I was like, are you kidding me? Wasn't surprised by it, but. Uh, I mean, it's no surprise Boyd's been getting roasted, toasted, I mean, burned all damn season. Um, And the only reason, you know, receivers don't have more yards on them because they've dropped the ball when he gets burned. And then uh, then you talked about it yesterday. I heard the the, uh, the show from yesterday about, I mean, what is is Herman thinking? I mean, does he not want to put too many miles on Ingram? I mean, is I, I don't understand. You're saying he's averaging five yards per carry, but you take him out. You just you don't ride the horse. I, I, I just don't get it. And I knew this team was not number six in the country, so I, I just I was just like, yeah, I'm not believing that. Uh, it's going to be a tough game against West Virginia, uh, seeing how we can't stop the pass right now. Appreciate yeah, it, Chris. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, did you see me ask Herman about the – Running game, yeah. Why he didn't? Why Ingram didn't get a carry in the fourth quarter? Why the two carries? It's the Riddler, man. Went to (laughs) bounce Young, right? And and he caught a pass. Young caught a pass. I'm like, what is going? Herman's like, well, there were only two runs. Well, yeah, there were only two runs because the guy you gave the ball to made one yard, right? And it was three and out, especially because. His his logic was they were playing single high safety, loading the box, 
and a bigger, stronger running back would have a better chance of breaking a tackle. How about the guy who can make people miss? In a phone booth. He can make people miss when they're point blank in front of him. Those are the things that – that's why I always said the Riddler, he's back. The Riddler is back because he – we're looking at it, and I understand, you know, you get caught up in the moment. You're, you're, first off, I, like I said, I watched the game again yesterday. He did not look himself on the sideline. Like, he knew what was happening and what was about to happen. So, he looked like he was in disarray at some point. I'm like, get it together. Get it together, TH. I need you to get it together. These guys are looking at you as the leader of this team. Get him, get him focused. Get did him he have back. his play card? He did, and then all of a sudden he didn't. That's what was weird to me. He had it, and then he didn't. And I was like, I was like, what's going on? And I think what happened is when he was arguing with the ref about the illegal shift that he thought right, was illegal right. shift. I think he handed it to someone so he could go out there and argue. But then I never saw him holding it when they kept showing him on the sideline. I didn't see it again, like he had put it away somewhere. And we were just going backyard football. Who's in? I don't know. But Keontae Ingram, I mean, it's one thing if it's you and me or a couple people here and there. It's a universal conversation that people are having. Why are you not getting the guy the ball that gives you the best chance in a running game? Because he is shifty. He finds the crease. He's Emmett Smith. And he's a natural runner. He's natural with it. He's natural. I don't understand. I don't need no straight line runner. Right. Running straight into tackles. Bumping I, into people I need a in guy the line. Who, uh, anyway. Yeah. And I know. And I, I was going to write a column about this last night, and then I'm talking to one of my colleagues, and we're like, why? The defense is really the issue. Right. You know? Right. So kind of shift shifting gears. But the – I'm just telling you, West Virginia's defense is better than you think. I, I agree. West I'm Virginia's defense is salty. What's your guy's name? Gibson? Tony Gibson. Tony baby. Gibson. Watch out. Yeah. Let's go to the phones. Steve, what's going on? Good morning, wonderful people of Austin. How you doing? Good How morning. You How you doing? All right. Hey, um, you guys don't remember all, you know, being around your girl, you know, the first time she, like, broke wind or something like that. Oh! No. Whether you walk into it or whether you're hurted or something, and that, like, subtleness of just awkwardness and just kind of disappointment, you don't know how to feel about it exactly. Like, that's kind of how I feel about Texas this season. You know, I just, uh, I'm sitting here, I'm like, I wasn't expecting uh, that much. These guys were 6-1 and one at one time, and they were number six in the country, you know, and then they just go and they just fart. And we weren't just – we weren't really expecting Texas to even give us this much. So, as a fan, I'm just kind of in an awkward stage. Like, do I have the right to be disappointed in this fart that Texas dealt, or, you know, or, or, or should I be thankful for the season? You know, uh, you know, is it right for me to get our hopes up and – you know, what's kind of going on? You know, um, you guys just kind of talk about our expectations going out. I'll hang up and listen. Oh, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's my Gundy. That's my Gundy. That's my Gundy's view of social media. Here, here's the deal. Here's the deal that 
Well, let's wait until we come back. Come back. Let's come back to that one. Let's do a little uh, Do You Care. Yeah. I'll ask him about uh, the first time Harge's girl broke wind. It's <laughs> the so bottom line brought to you by Cover 3. <laughs> All right, we got a lot going on today. We got uh, Do You Care, but we, we had um, uh, Steve just called in and talked about breaking wind. His girl, first time it smelled his girl's uh, afterburners. Yeah. Salty, what, what what you got to say about salty, that? Salty, what? Salty was pissed. She was angry. Uh, did, sorry, we have human bodily functions, and I'm sorry most of the time we hide it. That you're so disappointed when <laughs> can't help it when the afterburners finally show up. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes things just happen the way they happen. But to get to his point <clears throat> of well, the I wanted to ask you first. Yeah, because he's like. He was comparing Texas football to the first time your girl toots. Right. So, what was it like the first time your girl tooted? <laughs> well, it was it was kind of interesting, you know. Because like, you well, probably you probably are tooting all the time, uh, right? No, not me. I try not to. Okay. Most of mine are just I try to silent but deadly. Yeah, I try to go to the bathroom or yeah. where, go, outside. go outside. Yeah, not in the studio. You Thank know what I'm saying? I look out for you, dog. No, I look out for you, dog. I don't hot box you. Yeah, appreciate it. So, you know, you kind of like have once, but it was by accident. Yeah, no, I think it was. I think it was on purpose because I actually watched you. Oh yeah, face conform to make sure. Okay, go ahead. But 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 you know, you kind of like, yeah. I mean, there's it's only us. So and I know I didn't do it. So might be a little something going on here. Okay. Just make sure it don't happen again. But then it happens again, and you're like, whatever. Whatever, man. To, and to you that become point, immune. Don't right. make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just kind of. just stop being a human for like a second. Well, I mean, just like not right here. I mean, just not like right here. You know what I'm saying? I just don't want it right, like, right next to me. You know? We can make a move and walk around. What does Mike say? Gundy have to say about this? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> that's society but to answer his question you know i i said yesterday that as the season goes on your goals need to change if you're in a position to try to continue on this trek of a great season it's still going to be a great season thus far thus far it's still a great season but our expectations have changed so much around here because battered fan syndrome is what you call it chip but the thing about it is, why why are we accepting the fact? That's the problem that I have. Like, people are... I, I, why are we accepting what? The fact that, well, we weren't even supposed to be here. No, that's not true. This is the University of Texas. And I know to a lot of people out there, it doesn't mean you much You beat right Oklahoma. Now. Right. You're up 21 with after three and a half quarters. But the defense, again, let them back in the game. And that's why I'm saying this defense... Has has hurt us more than our offense has. I th- I feel like this defense has hurt us that's, a lot more. That's what's so weird. Right, right. Sam Ellinger keeps getting better. What's the number at now? I saw it right before. Two ten. Yeah, two hundred and ten passes without a turnover situation. That? Superstitious <laughs> baseball hard knocked on wood right there. Um, yes, yes. But as this team goes along, the expectation has changed. There was an opportunity for them to possibly sneak in to the playoff. So why not look at it that way? Well, can't anymore. 
right, they're at. Now we can go back to our original goal of the Big 12 championship. You just lost to a team that's 1-3 and three in Big 12 play. They're 2-3 now. Now. Yeah, they're 2-3 now. now. So, yeah, I, I I still think the expectations needs to be – the bar needs to be higher. I've, we set our numbers. Uh, Salty is okay, the only one. Okay, but let's get back to the original question. What? What is that? Would you compare <laughs> the Texas defense – to the first time your girl tooted. No. What the rock is cooking. No. Okay. All right, then it's time for Do You Care. Yeah, no. You ready? Do you compare it to that? Um, maybe. What? No way. Careful. Well, you start to think that this defense is always going to come through for you, just like you always think your girl's not going to toot. And then the defense toots, and you're like, oh, okay, you're tootable. (laughs) And this defense is showing it's tootable. (laughs) Big time. So Is that press clipping? I'm just saying. Let's let's start Do You Care right there. All right. All right, go ahead. Ask me. Chip, does this defense seem like it has been – reading its press clippings from last year going into this year, but you get punched in the face in the first game, do do you care? Okay, here's the thing. This is what I'm going to say. In the two losses that Texas has suffered, defensively, there were outside issues. Against Maryland, Anthony Wheeler was suspended for the first half, and Gary Johnson goes out two plays into the second quarter. Now you got big old Malcolm Roach and big old Jeff McCullough in the middle of that defense, and they can't run to save their lives. And Maryland's going whoop 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 against Oklahoma State. Your two corners are suspended for the first quarter, and Oklahoma State rolls up 260 yards and 17 points. Those are your two losses this season. Your defense had some of its best players on the sideline. So I don't want to. They're still giving up a lot of points, though. That's I mean, that, yes and no. Yeah, I, I got mean, you. They didn't give up nothing to USC after fourteen to three. They didn't give up nothing to TCU after sixteen to ten. Twenty-one unanswered. Yeah, thirty-four unanswered. So it's been a little Jekyll and uneven, a little uneven Jekyll and high a little inconsistent yeah Harch yup Clay Thompson set a new NBA record last night for most three-pointers in a game with 14 threes the previous record was held by his teammate Steph Curry 13 do you care yeah I care because first off Clay Thompson has the most beautiful stroke of a three-pointer that ball has perfect rotation he barely it's when they say catch and release he is definitely one of those catch and release type of shooters the thing that I'm having a problem with is these NBA scores it's like they're not even playing defense now in this situation it was 143 124 91 in the first half right you're shooting three-pointers I get it Play some defense. Where where are the these good are like defense early eighties NBA scores? This is all star game scores. These are all star game scores. <laughs> like nobody's playing D. Man, annoyed by this. Harch Lincoln Riley says he's not interested in the NFL right now. We'll come back. Continue. Dallas Cowboys, baby. Do you care? Next, right here on the bottom line. What was it like the first time your girl tooted?
That's the it's Twitter okay, question man. of the day at AM 1300 <laughs> The Zone. Brought to you by Cover 3. Life happens for those that show up, and we're glad you showed up with us on the Nunchucks the Truth Tuesday. The bottom line brought to you by Cover 3 on AM 1300 The Zone. My man, Chip Brown, C. Breezy. Yo, yo. Shannon Salty B. Sweeney. That is uh, not happy with people wondering why girls do what they do like normal people. <laughs> well, Steve called in and compared the Texas defense to the first time your girl toots. So, Because you don't expect it, right? Feel, you don't expect right. the Texas defense to, to look like this. Feel free to weigh in <laughs> at 390-LIVE, 390-5483. Numchucks are true. Harbaugh Harch. Chip, I need to ask you something. And, and My man. It's that time of the year where, you know, people like to be other people. You know what I'm saying? They don't. Like actors? They, well, whatever. Whatever they want to be. Oh, Halloween? Yeah. Like dress up. Are you a big no. Halloween dress up kind of guy or are you a grown I mean, ass man? You know what uh, yeah, I'm saying? I, I, no, I don't, uh, I don't. I don't play that, you know. <laughs> Homie, don't play that? Homie, don't play that. <laughs> You want some of this old man? No. <laughs> no, no. So I like that about you, Chip. Yeah, I'm kind of. I mean, I'm, I can be. I can be festive. I'm so fun. I mean, I am the funnest person ever. That that you know. But right. Halloween, I'm, I, I'm trying, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm more like Ebenezer Scrooge of Halloween. Yeah. I'm like Ebenezer Scrooge, period. I mean, I like... I think it changes when you go from kid to parent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When you kids become a love parent, yeah. you're, at first you're excited for your kids to go trick-or-treating when they're little and they're excited, but then when they turn into the 15-year-old punk... <laughs> Maybe that's what he's dressing up as. You know what I'm saying? With mono. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's starting to hem his dad's game. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like... Now you got to go... Be responsible. Everyone's like, take care of them. Hey, why don't you sit over there? Yeah. Like, when I you... come in. Okay, I came into the radio station today. Yep. And I said, hey, Tiger has mono. Both Harge <laughs> and Salty were like, okay, why don't you sit in the other studio <laughs> by yourself? You want to go do a remote? Do you want to go do a remote? Do you want <laughs> to buy your own microphone cover? Right. And I'm like. I don't have it. I'm not going to get. I already had it, first of all, as a high school kid. Oh, I'm like, man, what? Did I miss I something? And it sucks, but. It does suck. I think Tiger heard that it could last four to six weeks, and he's like, oh, I get to miss school. I'm like, no. It just makes it harder. Yeah. You're going to have to do all this work by yourself. By yourself. Yep. Because you're not dropping out of school. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, Dad, I got my note. I'm anyway. out. I'm out. <laughs> so I got all this going for me. You know what I mean? You're doing a lot, man. But. So you can't take a trick-or-treat? You can't do any of that? Oh, no. He's he's just. He's just going to wear a mask like he's at the doctor? No, he's just going to. Suck it up? Lay in bed. Okay. Or breathe all over everyone's candy and hand it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Can't so, get it from breathing. Salty, salty covered her eyes, man. You just you have to. You keeping I mean, her on her toes right. today. Can we? Let's get to. Uh, let's continue. Do you care? All right, let's do it. Can we do that? Yep. Okay, because we're getting questions about the 
Texas defense. Yeah. And if it is, so I gave you my rationale. The two games Texas has lost, there have been circumstances that have impacted the defense. Yep. In terms of players being out of the game for suspension. Against Maryland, it was targeting. Anthony Wheeler, Gary Johnson. Against Oklahoma State, it was knuckleheadedness. Right. Chris Boyd and Devontae Davis. What say you? Do you care? Well, yes, I care because it's affected, obviously, the outcome of this. But this is the University of Texas, and you got four and five-star players. What does that that mean? They got four and five-star players that should be able to step up and make plays. Yes, there's there's different levels to everything. There's the starter, and there's the backup. There's a reason why they're backups. It's because the starter's better. But you still have an opportunity to go out there and make plays to show the coach that, hey, I can be a starter too. I personally take it as me getting an opportunity. If you're better than me at whatever it is and you mess up, I'm taking your spot. Wally Pip, I'm doing whatever I can to get that position, so I'm turning it up a little bit. Don't don't let this situation be uh, because these guys are out. These other guys need to step up as well, number one. Number two, the problem is they are maybe giving up a lot of points. They're not getting that stop when they need to get the stop. They're, they're, they're losing in situations because they can't make one play to get the ball back. Those are some of the things that I'm seeing on this team. If you're going to give up points, okay, I get it. It's going to happen there. Um, these other guys are Division One players as well. They're going to score. But you have to get that stop when it's time to bear down. You need to bear down and make a play. And right now, in those two losses, they didn't make a play. Started with Sam throwing the three picks in the first game or three turnovers in the first game. And now he's not turning the ball over, but Texas isn't getting that turnover to bring it back. That's what I'm seeing. This defense has to play better. They're going to be tested this week, and I'm talking about really tested. Do they bounce back? Do you care? Yeah, they bounce back. Okay. They bounce back. They have to. I mean, Will Greer's coming to town. He's a Heisman Trophy candidate. I don't think they respected Taylor Cornelius. I don't think the coaches did a very good job of respecting respecting Taylor Cornelius as a runner. And he burned him. Yeah. And they took advantage of some stuff. Yeah. You know, and it's all Orlando has he's got to change things up a little bit from time to time. Because if you leave your ends pinned inside, it makes it easy to double team them and they had two they had two back sets. They had multiple tight end sets and Texas was still showing five in the box. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> okay. I mean <laughs> interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh Harge. Yes, sir. We've been talking about the uh fact that the college football playoff rankings are coming out tonight. First ones. I've got my top six. Do you have yours? Yes, I do. You want to go first or me? I'll go first. And people are going to be like, what? All right. I'm going LSU, number one. Bama, number two. Why LSU number one? Well, because of their strength of schedule. They've played a tougher schedule than Alabama. Alabama's strength of schedule is 48th. 48th. What about eyeball test? Well, the eyeball test is that. But I'm looking. Are you more afraid to play Alabama or LSU? 
I'm more to play, more afraid to play Alabama right now because ta- Tua hadn't even played the fourth quarter yet. See, then that that no, that's my test. That's your test. So I'm going LSU, right. Bama, Michigan, and Notre Dame as LSU, top four. Bama, Michigan, Notre Dame. Michigan lost to Notre Dame, but Michigan again. I'm looking at the strength of schedule and the way that they play. If they played again, do you think Notre Dame would beat Michigan? Oh, not a chance. Uh, thank you. Of course, that big blue. Go big blue. I got Oklahoma and Clemson. I got Clemson. Clemson is six? Yep. They just beat the snot bubbles out of uh, Florida State. They've been beating and what Florida State. Taggart might get fired at halftime. He might. I mean, they are terrible. They're poorly coached Okay, team. they beat the snot bubbles out of NC State. Not impressed by NC State. I thought they wow. were overrated as well. How do we know Clemson's just not that much better than everybody else? We will soon enough. I mean, the ACC is terrible. They don't. They're not going to play against anybody that's going to be a threat to them. So that and and this weekend, a lot of this will be decided. The one and two team that I have will play each other this weekend, so they'll cancel each other out. You know, Oklahoma, their offense. We're talking about Texas's defense. Oklahoma's defense is porous, but that offense they can go with anybody. I don't know. Oklahoma's defense has gotten better under two minutes for roughing, 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 but. That's that's mine. What is yours? Alabama number one. So my I rank. I was a Harris Poll voter. I'm a National Football Writers Association voter. I rank teams based on who do I least want to play. Yep. I least want to play Alabama, number one. I least want to play Clemson and that defensive line, number two. And Trevor Lawrence is getting better. He is getting better. Notre Dame, number three. LSU, number four. Michigan, number five, and Oklahoma, number six. I like it. Okay. I like it. All right. We will uh, – I mean, we got the same group of people in there, just in different orders. We'll we'll come back. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about the when, why, where, how. Yeah. And is Texas's defense overrated? Ooh. We will get into that. It's the, uh, the bottom line brought to you by Cover 3. All right, it is uh, No Chugs of Truth Tuesday, and some of the biggest human beings I've ever seen. This room got real small. I have walked into our little prison cell here, and uh, I want to welcome Todd Sansum, who is the director of this uh, incredible documentary called Full Sturker. Yeah, uh, good job. The 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 strength and culture of Iceland and uh, and how people grow up in Iceland moving heavy stones. <laughs> no doubt. Now, uh, we've got Andre and Stefan in with us, and you both, and you talk right into the microphone so people yeah. can hear you, but um, you both grew up in Iceland. Yeah, we did. And talk about this culture and why you all are both so big and strong. Well, I think... We're just uh, growing up in Iceland. <clears throat> we have like role models like John Paul Sigmundsson and Magnus Sverre Magnusson that are were both uh, world champions, like world strongest man, four times each. And when I was growing up, I used to watch them and admire them and want to do same as they did. And now, and we, Mark Henry, who's a friend of ours, a friend of the show, is also friends with. Um, with Andre and Stefan and and Todd Sansom, who's directed this uh, 
this documentary called Fulsturka. I like the way you keep saying that, I'm Jeff. Trying. You're I'm getting trying your practice to... in. I like it. Fulsturka. Um, but Stefan, um, talk about what you know what this documentary means to you and what why it's important for people to see it. Uh, it means a lot to me just that people uh, are interested in uh, getting to know our culture in Iceland. Uh, there's a very deep meaning uh, through the centuries uh, about this. We In Iceland, we used to use these uh, stone lifting as tests. When fishermen used to went, uh, go out on boats back in the days, like many hundred years ago, they would have these tests, stone tests. And uh, the people who got the, the biggest stones, who got, got, got to lift the biggest stones, they got the biggest share of the catch. So there's a, there's a meaning behind it. So strength has always been measured in Iceland. So how big are you? I'm 6'5". And how much do you weigh? 330. 6'5", 330. And he's like... Like there's no body fat. Like right, <laughs> there's there's no body fat. So you sit here and you talk so about... So I would imagine you got a, a big portion of the catch. I would get all the cats. All the cats. All the cats. Nothing for nothing for Andre no, over no, here. No, he no, doesn't no. get any, anything. He needs to find another boat. <laughs> That's awesome. So you, you, you say that and you want to bring people to get to see your culture and see everything that's going over there. So when you're picking up these boulders or rocks or whatever it is and it's testing your strength, do you know, you just look at it and say, okay, this is, looks like the biggest rock. I'm about to go attack it. Or is there is there a theory behind it? Is there something that is already planned for each rock? Yeah. <clears throat> you don't pick and choose the stones. There, right. there were like hundreds of years history, okay. like centuries behind it. So there were like certain sets of stones that give you uh, the status, like Fultsterkur, uh, the name of the movie. It's a, status, it's a status you achieve if you can lift a set of four stones. Got and it. how how much do you have to lift them? Is it just off the ground? Off the ground and like to chest level. Okay. To wow. chest level. Wow. Wow. All right, let's get Todd in here because um, obviously the documentary uh, Fulsturker is uh, is fascinating. I, I knew nothing about this until Mark Henry <laughs> came up to us and said, "You gotta you gotta talk to these guys. It's amazing." Um, Todd. Uh, Talk about this documentary, how it came to be, and, and where people can, can see it. Yeah, sure. Uh, the documentary came about because of, um, I think, a man, Terry Todd. is He's the man, and, and he's, he also raised Mark Henry, so that's kind of our connection there. And uh, so Terry Todd works with, with uh, Rogue, Rogue Fitness, and Rogue was kind of the, the, uh, the force behind making the film, and definitely... Um, made it all happen and the and the film is uh, i don't even i'm, I'm running here Tell, what, what's your question again so yeah yeah, yeah. Is, is this part of a film festival that's here yeah yeah so the film festival is the austin film festival okay. and, and we made this film just because this is kind of the third film of its kind that we did we did one in spain in 2015 we went to scotland a year and a half later and we made another film in scotland and that one's called full uh, that one's called stoneland Levantadores was the first one in Spain, and then every year there was, you know, we've we've searched out cultures that have um, this underlying connection of lifting heavy stones. But we really like dive into the culture, and and we we go and we film and we meet with these people uh, who 
who are captains now of their boat, but they went and lifted these these stones that that Stefan was talking about. And so, so the lifting of the stones in Iceland is it only for the fishermen? Is it only for the? It's mm -mm. it's it's all it's the kids. It's an open competition. Basically, who grow right. up in okay. Iceland, okay. and it's still important today. Yeah, like there are kids right now who are eight, nine, ten years old who are thinking about this. Like you said just a little while ago, you were looking at these other gentlemen and you said, I want to grow up to be just like them. Are these yeah. the same people that are on these boats and doing all these different things that that lead you to this stuff? Yeah, I would say that maybe we <clears throat> we not maybe you have to, it's just a manhood. You have to show how powerful you are or how strong you are in Iceland. Maybe not today have to, <laughs> right. to lift a certain stone to get a full share off the boat, but yeah, people definitely in Iceland regard like lifting the stones is valuable. Okay. And aside from getting a, a majority of the catch for the boat that you're working on, it's also pride. Yeah, it's pride. And yeah. what other status in the country? I mean, do you are you a celebrity? Are or you like the world's strongest man? You know, like Mark Henry to us is a huge celebrity. Not even because of the, the WWE stuff, but because he was listed as the world's strongest man. So is that one of the things as well that you guys, the status for you two? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, Not too much? You know, I don't think about it like this. It's just um, a part of our culture. Yeah. Just uh, trying to see what you can do. It's only when you come to America that you get questions like this. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to be in Hollywood? And are you in the movies? And are you going to be a good guy or the villain in the movies? You know, that's that's what happens. That's what right? happens when you come to America. When that's you come right. to America. You know? <laughs> All right. So Todd um, uh, Fullstroker is part of the Austin Film Festival. Yep. Um, when can people? I want to see this yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the film festival is uh, it's been going on for a few days. Our film shows today is a marquee feature at 4.30 p.m. at the Paramount. Oh, man. Uh, it's, I think that's right on Congress. Yep. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so it, uh, if there's still tickets available, I think you can just go to the AFF, the Austin Film Festival website, uh, to get tickets, or you can go to the bo box office until they're sold out. Uh, I think there's still a few left. Come early. Excellent. You know, yep. definitely come see Fullsterker. Fullsterker, for those, I don't think we ever discussed this, but it's, yep. um, it's it means full strong in, in Icelandic. And if you watch the film, you'll kind of get to learn a little yeah. bit about that too. Well, congratulations. And thank you for uh, all coming in, mm -hmm. you know, and, and sharing the story with us. And today at 4.30 at the Paramount. And go get your tickets because I'm telling you right now, this room got real small when they walked <laughs> up in here. Yeah. These are some large, large men. And like they say, they want to show that power. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we only brought a few of them in here because there's we, we actually have more, more people. And there are a lot of big people. Um, yeah. We have Hafdorf Julius Bjornsson, who plays the mountain in the Game of Thrones. He's in the film. Okay. And he's here with us. We have Annie Thor's daughter. She's a two-time CrossFit athlete. Um, Magnus Vermagnuson is here as well. So you'll you'll see some familiar old faces and and some new faces too. I met the mountain before with Mark Henry. Oh, you did. I, these guys are large. That's why they call them the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, four thirty today at the Paramount. Uh, thanks again, guys. Again, the documentary Full Sturker. See, look got at him. Now. He's got it now. Got it now. All right. Yeah. It's the bottom line. Brought to you by Cover Three. My man, my man, Harbaugh Harch. Yeah. Uh, wow. 
it really got small in here real quick. Right? So thanks to Mark Henry, first of all, for sharing Andre, Stefan, and Todd with us because uh, Mark's just a he's just he's sort of a philanthropist when it comes to strength. Yeah. I mean, Mark's a WWE Hall of Famer, but he is the world's strongest man. He's a two-time Olympian. He's all about strength and conditioning. He's all about doing it the right way. And he supports people like Todd Sansom, who has gone around the world exploring the importance of strength in different cultures. Absolutely. And Fustrucker. <laughs> Say it again. For Starker. Hey, man, you're doing good, man. I'm Wait, so I want to hear Harge say it. <clears throat> Full Starker. How's that? I feel like your syllables are <laughs> running together. Kind of again. Spots. Mate. <laughs> but, yeah, I got to put that. a mate at again. <laughs> I got to put a mate at the end. Full Starker. How about that? How about that? Mate. Mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, and at the Paramount today. Well, the thing, the thing that I liked oh and I found intriguing was the fact of how they said that it's a it's a status to be able to do that. You get the most, you get the fair share of the f- food off the boat. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, that's real stuff. And for us, you know, like I said, Mark to us, he's a friend of ours, so we look at him as that, but he's also a national celebrity. So him representing these guys, and these guys are like, it's not a big deal for us in our country. Like you said, it's when you come over, hey, are you in any movies? Are you a villain? <laughs> are you a good guy? You know, those are good things. And I'm glad that those guys came in. And, and if you get an opportunity to go to the Paramount today, it's at 430. They said tickets are still available. Um, go down there and check them out because they're going to have some other people here. And they said that there are some people that are bigger than them. And I'm like, okay. Well, okay. Mountain from yeah, Game, Game, of, Game Thrones. of Thrones is going to be there today. So – it's uh, fascinating. Yeah. And something that you don't come across. Right. It's not an everyday thing. It's not an everyday thing. Yeah. So appreciate that. Good stuff. Good times. All right. Uh, we've been, this is the Hard Knocks Life, and we're talking Texas because, well, we're trying to figure out if the Texas defense is, has been uh, exposed or not. Yeah. And talking a little Texas football. Trey, what's going on, Trey? Hey, uh, morning, fellas. How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, you know, the biggest question I have from the game Saturday was uh, not using that timeout before halftime. And, and I don't know if anybody questioned Herman at his post-game press conference about it. I didn't, I didn't hear anything. But uh, if you guys have any info on why that timeout was left on the board, I'd like to hear about it. I'll hang up and listen. Yeah. Uh, i got to be honest. I think uh... – that got left out of the questions yesterday at the press conference. But I think they they missed a couple plays. There was a penalty. I mean, Colin Johnson dropped a pass that would have put him in field goal range. I I agree. I thought you you should have gone for one more play to get into field goal range. Absolutely. I didn't understand it. Um, and no, I guess no one did ask him that. But the thing about it is, at that point, I'm telling you, he did not look right. Like, he was confused Who on Herman? the fa- Yeah, that this was happening. Like, the way that they were playing, he was just like, let's get in the locker room, get this thing regrouped, and let's go back at it. But 
you got to give Dicker the kicker a chance to do something right there. You do have to do that. And what's the worst that's going to happen? What's the worst that's going to happen? It's, it's like almost like a punt. You got to get them down there and take a shot at it to see what happens. A child shall lead Cameron Dicker. Yes, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, yeah, you should. For University of Texas. Never gets old. Immortality. Never gets old. Never yeah, yeah, never. And they're doing the game this weekend. We got them back again. Oh uh, yeah, Gus and Joel. Come and on, man. I think it's Jenny Taft again. <laughs> they had the OU K State game this yeah. past weekend. Yeah, they're Big Twelve people, man. They're the Big Twelve. Oh yeah, they represent. I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm. So, what do you think? At the end of the day, what do you think of the Texas defense? I, I, I think they still have a lot to give. Just a matter of when are they going to give it? This is going to be the toughest stretch. So we went from thinking about TCU, K-State, Oklahoma, USC, excuse me, USC, TCU, the, oh, if they could get through that and they come out of that, okay, Texas got a chance. Well, they came out like that. And now we're back to another stretch because you weren't expecting them to lose to Oklahoma State, you thought the game was going to be close. We we all had crazy numbers out there, and seems like we were all wrong. Actually, we were all wrong. <laughs> but then you got to come back. They're going to be focused this game. Is this going to be another tough, tough road to hoe for the University of Texas? I think this defense has to rise. I think they'll play a lot better. Do the corners need to step up? Absolutely, because then you had the safeties trying to play out of position. They were playing bad angles, overplaying balls, trying to do too much because their corners that they depend on every week weren't there. So they tried to do too much, and it made them look like they were exposed to something. And those guys are better. Let's grab Sterling real quick. Sterling. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? All right, how you guys doing? doing good, good, good. Good. Hey, one of the things you guys are talking about is the defense is the been exposed. I got a couple things to think about. One, from my perspective, your best players in your secondary are really your safeties. You and you guys know that's not good, especially in a pass happy league like the Big Twelve. And the second thing is, I mean, there's, I mean, I'm not going to call individual players out, but you're trying to, you got players on the field that you're trying to hide, and you can't do that. They can't be hidden. If I'm a casual fan and I can see. Uh, some of the players I would be going after if I was playing Texas. And I know these coaches who watch a lot a lot of film are seeing that, too. I'll hang up and see what you guys have to that's say about a, That's it. a great point. Well, remember, Oklahoma State had a bye yeah. coming into the Texas game. So there were definitely so some guys. Yeah. Yeah. And what did Texas do with its bye? Exactly. Got guys suspended. <laughs> um, all right, we'll come back. We'll uh, we'll get into what's trending. Is the Texas defense Exposed is mm. the question. And what was it like the first time you heard your girl toot? Was that what it feels like watching the Texas defense now? <laughs> it is. The bottom line brought to you by Cover 3. All oh, hard. Tomorrow is Halloween. <laughs> you don't like Halloween? I'm not really into Halloween. What candy are you giving out? 
Well, we try to give out Reese's peanut butter cups. That's what I give out. And Kit Kats. That's what I give out. But they don't ever make it to the door because the kids are tearing them up. Your own kids. <laughs> yes. I'm like, stay away from the Kit Kats. Stay away from them. Reese's peanut butter cups. Last night, they were walking in, and Lindsay walks by, and she goes, this is a Snickers peanut butter cup. And I'm like, what? Snickers. I was like, DJ, hook me up with one of those Snickers peanut butter cups. I'm trying, I, I don't eat a lot of sweets. I don't eat a lot of candy. But that one just sounded so good last night. Brother had to try one, Doc. Brother had to try one. It's pretty good. You might want to go get that one. Yeah, I'll have to try that. Yeah, Snickers peanut butter cup. Snickers peanut butter cup. Let me yeah. write that down. Yeah. Um, all right. So Texas, West Virginia, 230. Joel Klatt, Gus Johnson on the call. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What is your because uh, remember it's Tuesday. You normally give me a gut feeling on a Tuesday, and then you reevaluate at the end of the week. It's typically when I think Texas is gonna struggle that they win. Right. It's typically when I think they're gonna win that they struggle. Okay. So just naturally come in here with a struggle. I think they win by three, somehow, some way. Okay. I right. think they have their full attention this week. Oh, for sure. And look, Sam's playing better and better. 210 pass attempts without an interception school record, replacing the record of 156 by Major Applewhite. And the guy's a warrior. Defensively, they got guys. Lines moved. Remember I told you yesterday that it was three. Texas by three? Yeah. And what is it now? Texas minus one and a half. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, the my biggest concern is the West Virginia defense. I feel like, I mean, I just think that makes this thing a three-point game. Okay. So, obviously Vegas thinks that too. It's yeah. not like I'm coming up with some original right. idea. <laughs> but, what, what do you think, Harch? It's a, uh, the defense, uh, Texas's defense scares me. And, I, I, you know, we could say they've been playing great at home. And have they? They came down to a last-second play against Baylor. A last-second play against Baylor. And they dropped two touchdowns. And they dropped two touchdowns. For sure touchdowns. Dropped two of them. And then we're probably having a totally different conversation at this point. I need them, I need them to show up and play hard. They always play hard. They always finish games. The games are always close. Most of the games that they lose are under six or seven points. They're always in the game at the very end. But they need to come out and set a message. You always talk about setting your jaw. Set your jaw and come out and be ready to play. Can't worry about all the stuff that's going on on the outside. We've been talking about it. I said, it doesn't matter what you and I think. It matters what they talk about in that locker room. Well, right now, I think there might be some infighting. I think people are pissed in that locker room because, as we talked about, People's goals change as the seasons go on. They had it laid out in front of them. This is the season. Could have been. Now we're like, oh, well, we should be lucky to be at this. No, we shouldn't. Well, 
Tom Herman turns around programs. When he went to Kansas, I mean, when he went to to Houston, they won 13 games. He inherited a winner, an eight-win team that had gone to a bowl game. They knew how to win. This this program had forgotten how to win. Yeah. So here's the thing: if this team bounces back, and they beat West Virginia. Then they go to Lobotics. They better know that that's going to be a a night from hell. I'm thinking that game is going to be two thirty, Chip. Think I don't so? think I don't think they're going to I don't think they're going to play that night game. Why? I'm hoping because it just depends on what is happens. There another this game that week. That's well, I just think that there's good. another one that may be going on, depending on what happens this weekend. They keep exercising this window because they're trying to get that prime time prime time game. I just, oh, Bedlam is that weekend. Yeah, so there you go. Who knows? Yeah, depending on what happens. Depending on what happens this weekend because Oklahoma's playing Texas Tech up there in, in Lubbock's. TCU at West Virginia. No, TCU is not. November no. 10th? No, forget that. Right. TCU's out of there. Oh, the K- Kansas-K-State game. That, that, that right there will get a lot of TVs in Manhattan. Baylor-Iowa <laughs> State that nope. weekend. Nope, okay. Bedlam's it. Bellum's the answer. I just think it's a two thirty game. Okay, I'm hoping that because I do not. Yeah, want to. I, what, what am I talking to you for? <laughs> All right, can we hear what Tom Herman had to say about Chris Boyd and his reacting to Manny Acho and all the Chris Boydness? You know, it didn't. It doesn't matter if we were playing week one or, or week ten or we, or who the opponent is or if it was Oklahoma State or Oklahoma or Tulsa or San Jose State. I mean. We have standards to uphold, and, and when those standards aren't met, then um, there's consequences for that. And you know, everybody in our program knows that. And it's okay. I mean, we don't we don't love them any less. You know, when you ground your 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 kid, it doesn't mean you love them any less. It doesn't mean your um, you know you, your feelings have changed for them. Uh, we we love Chris Boyd, and we love Devontae Davis. We love L.J. Humphrey, absolutely. Um, and they. They made a, a minor mistake that, um, you know, has to be reinforced. Our culture needs to be reinforced on a daily basis so that, you know, moving forward, especially our young guys know that um, it doesn't matter who you're playing or what your name is. And I, I give Herman credit for that. Right. He stuck like, to I talked gun. to Oklahoma State people yesterday. They're like, we can't believe Herman stuck with that suspension. Like, after they got lit up on that first drive, right. he thought, oh! Okay, lesson learned. Everybody learn. Okay. And did and you tell? And he did you tell them? Hey, don't worry about it. They always give up points on the first drive. <laughs> right. It was the hey, second one that special. we were. <laughs> don't think you're special. Okay. <laughs> don't think y'all just shook up the world. <laughs> they like to spot you a little something. It's like uh, Anderson Silva. He lets you punch him in the face a couple times to so you get your hopes up. Now I'm mad. And then he drains your blood. All right. Uh, Texans Tuesday, baby. Let's talk to John McClain. Get uh, latest on the Texans and the NF of L. Oh, yeah, baby. Straight ahead. And the bottom line brought to you by Cover 3 Harbaugh Hards, Salty Sweeney. Great Hillsboro. Yes. Hanging out right here. I name 1300 The Zone. Yeah, the immortal words of Judy Brown. Happiness is a choice. We're happy you're spending some time with us on the Numbchucks of Truth Tuesday at Texans Tuesday. Let's go to the hotline and talk Texans, talk NFL with our insider John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. 
And John, man, Deshaun Watson, the Texans, looked good last Thursday. They did. That seemed like like a month ago, those Thursday night games <laughs> were so long. They've had a nice break. They were turned off to being off for three days, back to the facility yesterday to start working on Sunday's game for Denver. And then after that, they had their bye week. Couldn't come at a better time because of, they got a lot of injuries. They need to find. They need to trade today to come up with a receiver who plays Will Fuller. But everybody knows they need one, so they're trying to fleece them. So I'm really eager to see if Brian Gain, in his first year as general manager, if he'll be able to do it without giving up his one or one of his twos. He's got two twos. John, so I know that they're trying to get a big, big wide receiver to uh, stretch the field. I heard the name Deshaun Jackson being thrown around out there to possibly come out there and do that to replace Will Fuller. Is there someone else in mind besides Deshaun Jackson? There was a report last week that he wanted to be traded. Then the report said he would not be traded, although the Bucks now have dumped Jameis Winston, gone back to Fitzpatrick. some point, Fitzpatrick will be awful. They'll go back to Jameis Winston. And Jackson's 32, but he can still run. He's got one year left on his contracts, not guaranteed. Names thrown about, Devontae Parker of Miami just had a really good game against him. But Miami has lost its top receiver for the season, Albert Wilson, I believe, and they need to keep Parker. Broncos are trying to unload Demarius Thomas, who's 31, to make room for Cortland Sutton from SMU, the rookie. And... uh, Pierre Garçon, 32, with the 49ers, injured right now. Injured half of last year. He's another one on the trading block. So you have to be very, very leery of who who you make a deal with when teams are trying to get rid of people. You know, if you could do it for the three would be the highest I would give away, and it would have to be somebody like Deshaun Jackson, but I wouldn't part with one of those premium picks because they need that for offensive tackles and cornerbacks in the draft. Talking to John McClain, the uh, Texans 5-3, first place in the AFC South, and now they are uh, headed to face the Denver Broncos, who look like they were on the verge of firing their coach. What, uh, what do you make of these Broncos, John? They've struggled. There was talk after. When they hired, I'm sorry, when they hired Vance Joseph, after one year as a defensive coordinator, his head coach, it surprised a lot of people. Vance was here when uh, Gary Kubiak and Wade Phillips were here. He was a secondary coach, very popular with the players. And then the Broncos, after last season, there was word that John Elway might fire Joseph, be one and done. They brought him back. They're three and five. They've struggled uh, on offense and in the secondary which is kind of weird considering how good they used to be in the secondary. Got a great pass rush with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, but now there's more talk. Vance Joseph's going to be out. If they don't turn it around, I'm sure they're going to be making a coaching change. As somebody pointed out that I saw on social media yesterday, since Elway came back as general manager, he's drafted five quarterbacks and none are on the roster. So some of that blame would have to be go to him. Uh, talking to John McClain and John, the um, the the chemistry, the you know the makeup of this team.
first place team. You know what a first place team feels like, a team that can make a, a run in the playoffs. Everybody's got flaws, but what's your sense of this team? Texas can win the AFC South. It's not anywhere near what we thought it was going to be. They have five and three record. They're the only one with a winning record. Five victories in a row. Jacksonville's lost four in a row. Tennessee's lost three. The second best team right now is Indianapolis, which is one two in a row and averaged thirty nine point six points in those two games and has rushed for more than four hundred and forty yards and the Colts have a bye week. And so uh, the good thing about the Texans, they've already played all three AFC South teams on the road. One in Indy, one in Jacksonville, blew the Tennessee game 13-12. to 12, which, I mean, I'm sorry, whatever it was, it was three points, not one. And so they have that favorable part of the schedule. After they come back from the bye, they play at Washington. Then they play three in a row here. So that's a, a good – the schedule favors the Texans. They end the season here against Jacksonville. And uh, their defense is playing well. Their running game the last two games has, has done well. The whole key is the offensive line. One sack in the last two games. One hit on Watson against Miami. And uh, so the improvement of the line has been the biggest – deal for the team now they go to denver where they tackles got to contend with von miller and bradley chubb who i believe have like 15 sacks between them that's going to be the ultimate test for them but if they could keep watching upright he showed what he could do against minnesota i mean uh, miami with four incompletions and five touchdown passes yeah that's unreal so i want to stay right there with uh Deshaun Watson and the chemistry that him and DeAndre Hopkins have have right now. Um, I remember a few years ago, DeAndre Hopkins, or actually it was two years ago, he was talking about, I think it was Brian Hoyer, talking about me and him, we have a good relationship where he doesn't he wasn't really feeling Deshaun early. Now all of a sudden it's like they can't miss. Can you tell me about their their growing relationship? It is, and one of the reasons is because Hopkins is playing so great, making these incredible catches, including the one against the Dolphins that didn't didn't count, which is good as I've ever seen, where he made one-handed pull the ball in between his legs. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, another his his other great catch against the Giants in fourteen down the middle, left-handed like that, also didn't count because of a penalty at the line of scrimmage. So. Hopkins has confidence to know that, that if he throws it anywhere near Hopkins, there's a chance he's going to catch it. The reason he's going to miss Will Fuller, they played 11 games together in two seasons, and Fuller had 11 touchdowns, including a 73-yarder. So Fuller's speed, now that they don't have it because he suffered a torn ACL, that means that safety doesn't have to worry about that deep speed. So they can put even more people on DeAndre Hopkins that's why they have to come up with another threat. Kiki QT, the rookie who was really good, uh, flashed, and then he hurt his hamstring again. He's been out twice with hamstring injuries. And, boy, once you're a rookie and you're small and you come in the league and you're hurt a lot as a rookie, chances are you're not all of a sudden going to be Hopkins, who's missed one game in six years. I think one of their priorities in the offseason needs to be a bigger receiver with no history of injuries in college, if it's a draft 
or if it's a free agent in the NFL. Uh, and Deshaun Watson gets to fly with the team again, John. Yep, he's back. Uh, though when you have a partially um, collapsed lung, you're supposed to not fly for two weeks, and uh, that was he had that against Dallas. So it's been, you know, it's been almost a month. So uh, before we leave the Texans, what's the latest on Deontay Foreman? They come back to practice on Wednesday. Bill O'Brien told us on uh, Friday, we didn't ask him yesterday, there's a chance he could practice. Once he practices, they have 21-day window. He can be activated any time during that 21 days, or he can practice the maximum of 21 days. But after 21 days, if he's practiced the maximum, they have to decide, does he stay on physically unable to perform for the year? Or does he go on the active roster? And I've been saying I thought he would come back after the bye week, which is next week. I don't see there's any way he's going to play in this game against Denver, but I could be wrong. I'll know more tomorrow because he's on the practice field. Nice. All right, we're talking to John McClain. We'll come back. We'll talk some NFL. Uh, Hugh Jackson fired. Todd Haley Ooh. fired. We'll uh, get John's take and the trade deadline today. Any other big moves he's anticipating, we'll do it next right here on the bottom line, brought to you by Cover 3. Talking to our NFL insider, our Texans insider, John McClain. He's in the NFL Hall of Fame for his coverage of the NFL. We're lucky to have him every week on a Texans Tuesday. And, John, the trade deadline today, are you anticipating any... Any big moves? We've already obviously seen some big trades this year. Khalil Mack to the Bears. First place Bears, I, I might add. Uh, you anticipating any uh, big moves today? Speaking of the Bears, boy, what a what a opportunity the Lions blew at home oh. against Seattle. Now they're last. Oh. Could have been four and three. Hate to bring it up. I know you feel oh. No, you've been feeling it, but I thought about <laughs> thought sure the Red Hot Lions were going to win that game. That's the best. That's the best division, top to bottom, in the NFL. Yes, I do because I'm not really sure why it is. Used to the trading deadline would come and go, ho hum, for everybody. Then a couple teams started making deals, and and some of it they point to a lot of younger general managers who are more aggressive, coaches who value players over draft choices, teams and owners under pressure to win now, teams that are losing want draft choices so they'll depart with players. One of the things you have to figure besides scheme fit and how a guy would fit in the locker room is the contract. How much does it affect your cap this year? What is it going to affect your cap Next year and in the future, you know, and usually you make a trade this time of year. It's because, like the Texans, you've got injuries. Players need to be replaced. Right now they have two healthy inside linebackers. One was signed off the street last week because of all the injuries. An inside linebacker, the Texans have lost five cornerbacks in the first eight games, but they've got safeties who can play corner. At one time Thursday night, they were playing five safeties, two of them at corner, and a third one is a nickel corner. So that versatility's helped them. And in a replacement for Will Fuller, something that, that they have to consider is this. Say they got a player who was 
a veteran like Deshaun Jackson or a young player, the former first-round pick like De- Devontae Parker, then you got to think about next year when you'll have Fuller back 100% the start of the season, Kiki QT, the slot receiver, going into his second season in Hopkins. Where does that receiver fit in? He's not going to beat out Fuller. He might not be a slot receiver. So they do have to take that in consideration. Otherwise, you're just renting a guy before you cut him or possibly trade him before the season. We're talking to John McClain. And, John, I want to take a look at the entire NFL right now. The Los Angeles Rams, obviously they were up against the ropes. Um, Ty Montgomery helped them out by not getting the ball back to uh, Aaron Rodgers by basically – in subordination by not listening to an order that was given. Um, what do you make of Green Bay? But more, more importantly, what do you think of the Rams? The, that was the first, Mike, of a brutal part of the schedule. Look at the Rams' schedule. It is tough. And it's going to be the big game of the year. is going to be the Rams and the Chiefs playing in Mexico City in November. If they, I just don't see any way they're going to get through – they won Green Bay. The next three are difficult. And then I think they play two road games after that against Chicago and one other team. So They play New, they play New Orleans this Sunday okay, in New that's Orleans. It's going to be an incredible game. we got Green Bay, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers playing in, in Gillette Stadium for the first and what will be we think will be the last time of his career unless he's still playing eight years from now, and he might be. <laughs> and so there's a lot of games coming up that are good. You know, watching what the Saints did, they haven't lost since the first game. Drew Brees is playing great. He needs to get a lot of pub for MVP right now. Defense is playing well. Brees is getting protected well. He just threw his first interception. That, to me, is just maybe the most incredible statistic I've seen, how he went He went so many games without one. Because sometimes, you know, balls deflected at the line of scrimmage, ricochet off receivers, but Breeze has been fantastic. And I don't see the Rams going undefeated. Um, injuries will tell the tale, of course, but Kansas City's got the number one offense. So uh, right now... Kansas City's looking at going to New England for home field advantage for in the playoffs that the Patriots still have. They're on a roll as well. So this is shaping up to be a tremendous December when so many teams trying to, to compete with the Rams and New England, my two preseason Super Bowls, <laughs> to get home field advantage. Yeah. Uh, talking to John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. Follow him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And John Hugh Jackson, the the hard knocks curse or whatever we're calling it, he couldn't he couldn't make the season. Neither could Todd Haley. I mean, uh, is that curse just going to grow in stature? One of the things I noticed and said on all my radio shows in camp is the thing that I took out of hard knocks the most from watching every minute is Hugh Jackson reminds me of a coordinator. He just doesn't seem to take charge tight. And I'm wondering if he was force-fed Todd Haley. That was a surprise. Haley and him clashed a lot. Jackson was talking about getting more control of the offense. They said Haley was ignoring him. And I thought in hard knocks there was an issue where their former receiver, Corey Coleman, came in and was unhappy with Hugh Jackson about being benched for a preseason game. And Jackson told him to talk to Todd Haley about it. That was not a good look. Now, Greg Williams, former head coach at Buffalo, uh, 
and has been a defensive coordinator beginning his career with the Oilers. Greg's the interim coach. They promoted the quarterback, Coach Kitchens, to offensive coordinator. And one of the reasons they wanted Greg Williams, he was not a Hugh Jackson guy or Todd Haley guy. Now, Greg's a raving lunatic. <laughs> yes. You know, anybody watched Hard Box saw that. So I don't know if he'll temper it. His defense was just criticized for strategy against Pittsburgh by Miles Garrett. Opening question, Greg Williams. So they become a team in turmoil after that such promising start. And when they hire their their full-time coach, to me, it's going to be an offensive coach who specializes in developing quarterbacks, whether it's on a college level or whether it's an NFL coordinator or former NFL head coach. Yeah, Lincoln Riley says he's not interested right now. He's not interested right now. Right now. He's not because they're playing and trying to win a championship. <laughs> right. What else is he going to say? I'm stunned he said right now. Yeah. Um, John, last thing, the Cowboys going to take on the Titans. The Cowboys have gone loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. So Dubs! I'm, I'm assuming they're going to win <laughs> uh, this week against the Titans at home. But Amari Cooper, now a Cowboy. Your thoughts on, on the Cowboys? Can't wait to see what Cooper can do for the offense. He was not all that good with the Raiders, very inconsistent, hurt a lot. Now he's got a new lease on his football life for a team that really needs him, and we'll see if that uh, jacks up their offense. They certainly need it in the passing game for a receiver who can draw double coverage and keep a safety from playing, uh, against, playing the run to shut down Ezekiel Elliott. So if he can draw double coverage, that should help the running game even more. All right, John McClain bringing it. John, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, My John. pleasure, guys. Thank you. Have a great rest of the week. All right, John McClain, Houston Chronicle, making it happen. And don't forget to join us at Crown and Anchor this weekend. Pre-game, Texas, West Virginia. Uh, we'll be getting going at noon. So come see us. That's right. 30th and San Jacinto. Selfies with Hodge, free of charge. It's <laughs> the bottom line, brought to you by Cover 3. Yep, yep, you know it. That beat drops, and you're like, man, Chip's about to give us some knowledge. So without further ado, my man Chip Brown with his commentary for the day, this Chip shot. Uh, the uh, college football playoff committee rankings are going to come out tonight. That always signals the, uh, the close to the college football season. Mm. But... A lot of excitement still around these parts when you consider the fact Texas is one of three one-loss teams in the Big 12, this game against West Virginia coming up. And I'm, I'm breaking down the Texas defense right now. And I will have uh, all the results for you uh, tomorrow. And, of course, when we join up at Crown and Anchor at noon on Saturday for our pregame leading up to Texas, West Virginia, we'll be there at noon, 30th and San Jacinto. Come hang with us noon. to hang out with Salty Sweeney and Selfies with Chad. Selfies with Hodge Freak. Hey, what's up, Chad? What's up, Chad? <laughs> um, this is, it's interesting because West Virginia sort of signaled the make or break moment of Texas' season last year in terms of bowl eligibility. Yep. And now it's a make-or-break point for Texas's hopes of getting into the Big 12 title game. No one believed, or everybody's now saying, ah, Texas was not the sixth-best team in the country. That was just 
good happenstance that they were, you know, a one-loss team at that point with some decent wins. Okay. Well, here it is. The The goal is the Big 12 title game. Yep. The goal is to win it, but the goal is to get there. And this is going to be a great test because you're catching West Virginia red hot after their win over Baylor. They've had 10 days to prepare because they had a Thursday night game against Baylor. So they're coming in with a little extra time to prepare for Texas. Last year, Will Greer got knocked out of this game. Yep, Brandon Jones on the goal line. In the first half, and Chris Kubanakris, or whatever his name was, came in. Gesundheit. And he was awful, and Texas won. Right. Remember, Sam threw a 96-yard <clears throat> pick six in that game, and Texas still won 28-14. to That was the game that Connor Williams came back. They ran behind him like 13 times, and they ran it down West Virginia's throat. They ran a lot of outside zone that day with success. And they need to run the football this week. There's no question about that. And that West Virginia defense that was young last year has grown up. Yeah. So it's this will be a real test because Will Greer, is he's got 24 touchdown passes <laughs> already. and He's got all his receivers back. All his receivers back. And West Virginia has the number one scoring defense in the conference, giving up 19.6 points per game. That's because other teams get behind and they got to start throwing all the time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Run the dang ball. Well, they have the number two pass defense. Oh, thanks. So, I mean, Texas has given up. Texas has given up 13 rushing touchdowns. West Virginia's given up eight. Yeah. So, and Iowa State is the number one run defense in the Big 12, which Texas will also see down the road here in a minute. All right, let's uh, go to the phones, 390-LIVE, 390-5483, and grab John. John, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you doing? Um, I'm pretty good. I just want to let y'all know the sun did come up today um, <laughs> like it does every other day. Um but, I mean, it's just like, man, come on. This dude's, like, avoiding questions. Um, don't take accountability. I got out, coach. We got out, coach. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy. Every time you lose, like, Mac Brown would always take accountability. This is what we did wrong. Um, but with Tom Herman, he starts off with uh, sun's coming up, and, and we got out. Instead of saying we got out, coach, or outplayed, um, it's just your excuses. So, I don't know. It's just Long stretch coming up, and he got out coached, and we'll see if he finish strong. But, I mean, they they got to figure it out. But, I mean, all this accountability, it ain't there, and it's just not, not cool at all. And he, he's the one that should show it the most, especially taking the DBs out that first quarter and not admitting maybe that did have something to do with it. But it's always going to be a big old, big old uh, question after qu answering a question with a question with him. So just y'all's thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I, in Herman's defense, he did say that, they had a better plan. They had a better, yeah. You know, they were better. So he 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 tried to say they were a great team. That right, I heard that. Just say just like, they were. They had a really good plan. He says that every game though. They had a really good plan. Yeah, every team is played great. a great team. Yeah, no, you're you know not. What I mean? <laughs> no, you're not. 
You know what I mean? The All one right. loss record shows you how great of a team you are. Here, here is Tom Herman's response regarding Chris Boyd's uh, social media uh, skirmish with Emmanuel Acho. Emmanuel Acho said, I can't even watch this dude anymore. It's trash, referring to Chris Boyd's play in the secondary. I think he was saying the trash was his play. But Chris Boyd responded, keep running your bleeping mouth. Uh, you're, you've been warned. Don't come around here anymore. And here's Tom Herman's response. It was a, an ill-advised attempt to actually prove that the only people who, whose opinions really matter uh, are, the, are the ones uh, in the, the team meeting room and in the locker room. And so... Um, yeah, we, we talked about it, and um, uh, again, you know, the, you want to silence any critic. Uh, the best way to do that is keep your mouth shut and go play really good. Um, and again, why you, if you're concerned about the critics, then you, you probably got bigger issues. And so um, we did talk about that, but I, I, again, I think it was a Chris's ill-advised, you know, way to, to kind of show everybody that that. that the only people whose opinions matter uh, are his teammates and, and coaches. And so there's a learning moment. All right. We will come back. We'll give you a couple nuggets. And I, I thought that was on the money. Yeah. What Herman said. Yeah. Play. Nobody will talk bad about you. You'll get more praise than anything. Yeah. That's what, that's what got you in this position now as the, a team. The earlier quote that we played where he said, minor – yeah. <laughs> Violation, minor. Yeah. That cost you the game. Yeah. But if it was minor, they shouldn't have they should have missed one play. Yeah. Like Kenny Sims say. Right. Hey, get back in there, baby. Your streak is broken. <laughs> and look, people differ on the hardline approach with regard to the suspension. Some people feel like punish the kid away from a game. But when you hold him out of a game and it's a big deal. You send a message to that locker room, you're not getting away with bleep. Yeah. So it's uh, we'll come back, give you a couple nuggets, send you off to Dan, Patrick. Don't forget, make your plans now. Put it in your phone to join us at Crown and Anchor Saturday at noon. Countdown to kickoff in the Texas tailgate zone, uh, Texas, West Virginia. Noon Saturday, we'll be there at 30th and San Jacinto. It's the bottom line, brought to you by Cover 3. Uh, we started the show with... Uh, Zaniness. Well, that's because what Steve called in and compared the uh, Texas defense to the first time your your girl <laughs> toots in front of you, and you're kind of like, oh, whoa, hey, that happens. <laughs> the Texas defense what is going on? is giving up some some plays, some points that it hasn't given up. With West Virginia rolling into town, so. <laughs> Got to get some stuff figured out. No doubt. But no it, doubt. it is. Shannon was salty. was furious. Not she, happy with that. Look, we have bodily functions, too. <laughs> Why do we got to hold it in all the time? Not to throw science in your face. Not to throw science. <laughs> Why do we got to be the ones to hold it in? <laughs> she was not happy at all. Is that what you're saying, Salty? Yes. What do the girls got to be the ones to hold it in? How did you feel 
First time a fella did that in front of you. I mean, I grew up with a dad, so like. I grew up with a yeah. dad. Not really. A Dads are just thing. like <laughs> in the kitchen, <laughs> coming in from the garage, <laughs> laying in the bed, yeah, laying on the couch, watching football. <laughs> Get another beer. I don't care. Get another Miller Lite. That's a good point. I think that's where it all starts. Yep, that's where it all starts. I swear it doesn't matter. The cycle anymore. continues. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the cycle. Continue. Cycle continues. All right, let's move on to more meaningful conversation. All right. Is that is that fair? You started it. I know. I'm trying to move it out. <laughs> now finish it. So the uh the Cowboys. Okay. Yep. We know that we'll be we'll be breaking down Longhorns, Mountaineers all week. Cowboys, Amari Cooper coming off the bye week. Jason Garrett. He was out at the World Series in LA enjoying his by weekend. But he ended up getting a coach from there. He fired a coach, but he picked up another one. See? That's what he was out there for. That right. coach was in L.A. And Jason Garrett don't give a flip. He's yeah. getting paid either way. But his dad is the coach. He's going to be there forever. Cowboys are coming back from the bye week yep. with Amari Cooper. Mm. Their season has gone loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. So it's time for a win. Yep. Against the Tennessee Titans, who are crumbling under Mike Vrabel. At least you hope so. Yeah. Because this game's at Jarrah World. Hard, you got to be feeling good about your Cowboys. I feel somewhat, I feel better about my Texans. Oh, I feel I was better. Ch- that was yeah. a little heat yeah. check right yeah. there. Don't worry, I feel better about my Texans. A little heat check to see if you're ready to claim your Cowboys. Not yet. I'll let you know on Monday. Okay. Well, excuse me, Tuesday, because it's a Monday night game. Fairweather fan. Yeah. I get you. No, no, Fairweather. I still going to have the gear on. Okay. I'll still have the gear. Okay. But don't mean I got to be representing all the way. <laughs> My heart ain't there. I I don't need to be representing in public. <laughs> just to my own living room. Right? Yeah, exactly. Keep a jacket with you just Keep my jacket in just in case. Yeah, keep the then jacket. Then I pop it open like Cam when they score. <laughs> Speaking of Cam. Balling. Balling. I mean, at some point, he's got to enter the the MVP conversation, doesn't I, he? I think he is in the conversation. I think people are hesitant because well, they don't it's like Cam. Him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because it's He's Cam. A diva. Yeah. Who else is in that conversation with him right now? Mahomes? Drew Brees, Mahomes. Drew Brees. Brady. Yeah, Mahomes for Gurley. sure. But Gurley and Jared Goff. I mean, Jared Goff is playing some really good football. Alvin Kamara? For sure. It's a lot of people. Yeah, that's why it's a conversation. Because everybody's going to get a pick from somebody else. Alex Smith? What? No. <laughs> Alex uh, Smith. I just want to see y'all's face. Oh, I'm man. like, what? You could just say Alex Smith and Dak Prescott are the same people. They play about the same. Non-risk takers. Scared to stretch the ball down the field. Wow. Here we go. Both run around a little bit. They're the same people. What say about, it with your chest. What about Khalil Mack? What about him? He's totally transformed the Bears. How about Aaron into Donald? A four, into a four and three. Oh, yeah. Aaron I'm, Donald. Yeah. How many sacks he got? Ten. Ten sacks from the tackle position? From the tackle position. Ten. I mean, people have film of him. People double him. Right. It don't matter. He's still getting it. Right. I think I think Ndamukong Sue has helped him a lot. Yeah, for sure. Being there because they can't always double team. And if who you, who you pick your poison? Who you right. going with? Dude, the Rams are... Loaded, yeah. But Aaron Rodgers had him on the ropes. Super Bowl. They had, man. You Dude, know. Ty Montgomery. 
How low does he feel? How is we he still on the team? Is he still on the team? Of course he is. But he's got the worst number for a running back I've ever seen. Because he was a wide receiver. I know. <laughs> and you they know, wouldn't let him change his number. He doesn't want to change it. Man. But he runs that he runs that return out Ugh. and fumbles. You had two minutes for Aaron Rodgers to win the game. You had one job. You had one job. Just down it. Get some field position. Well, why didn't he just walk up there if they told him that if the ball's in the end zone, don't he just put the the arms out and let it go? Yeah. You know? I mean. Like Deshaun Jameson. Always. Just always. I'm like, okay, what are we doing? What are we, didn't we fair catch the other day again? Didn't Texas fair catch again? Brandon Jones again, a fair catch when he was back there on a kickoff. Unbelievable. Why did why he because they bring it out to the twenty five? But he could take it to the I house. Know. I like Brandon Jones returning, except for when he runs Sometimes all the way past. Sometimes that stuff is predetermined. That's why he's back there. What Tom Herman calls a call it and haul it. Oh my god, that's definitely that's where Shannon needs to play. Tooted and booted. That's when you, that's when you play that one. He calls that. That's what he said. That's when you go Tom Montgomery and say, "No, I'm bringing it out. I'm bringing it out, man." Man, you look at you look at these NFL standings, man. Of course, we haven't even talked about the Patriots winning in Buffalo. You know that Tom Brady's won more games at quarterback in Buffalo than the Bills quarterbacks the last 15 years. That's terrible. That's Think about terrible. that. I, I am. He's got more wins over one team than any quarterback has over another team. Because he, let me see, Tyrod took him to the playoffs last year. So he was winning most of his games on the road. Yeah. It had to have been, right? Yeah, they gave the home games to Nathan Peterman <laughs> and his five interceptions. <laughs> For sure. And now they're giving them to Derek Anderson. Wow. Wow. So Patriots beat the Bills. They're 6-2 and two atop the AFC East. The Stillers are playing the Ravens Ra Oof. this week. This is my favorite game. This is always my favorite game because they cannot stand each other at all. Can't stand each other. They cannot stand each other, so you know they're going to beat each other to death. Chiefs are 7-1. and one. The Chargers are 5-2. and two. Not getting any love. They're, you know, Phillip Rivers keeping it on the DL, bro. Phillip Rivers and keeping it low. Gordon. Gordon's nice. Oh, yeah. He set out when they were in London. So he needs to be back on the field. All right. Hey, thanks to uh, all the guys from Volstruder. <laughs> For what? That is the documentary that will be uh, at Paramount today at 4.30, the Austin Film Festival, looking at the culture of strength in Iceland. Good stuff. Uh, thanks to John McClain. Thanks to... Salty, you're the best, Harch. And in the immortal words of our brother from another mother, Sean Adams. The dream is free. The hustle sold separately. Go to work. Peace.